So you guys may have heard us talk about this story before. I didn't ever put it out on public and I didn't really dive into the story. And it was like four years ago. So, you know, it was just kind of one of those things that I was interested in at the time. But I kind of wanted to map it out fully for, you know, podcast sake. And I think you guys would like it. It's pretty crazy. And if you saw the Patreon post, I titled it Suicide by Indigenous Tribe. (laughs) Which is fucking crazy. You hear like the suicide by cop and all that stuff. This suicide by indigenous tribe. Tonight we are talking about John Allen Chow, 26 years old. Another 26 year old died at 26. Holy shit. Thankfully this one, he was a bachelor. He didn't have a... Well, I'm not going to tell you if he's dead or not, obviously. Well, you you <laughs> already kind no. of spilled it with the title. <laughs> I know, fuck. He might not be dead. Let's let's dive into the story, shall we? Did you just type an Indian restaurant near? <laughs> <laughs> Craving some curry? Oh shit. This is the North Sentinel Island. Look how small this bitch is. How how wide is this? A couple miles? This is five miles wide, about five miles long. So five times five is twenty-five. So you're looking at twenty-five square miles here in the whole island. Now I'm kind of going over a little bit to the Andaman Sea to show you kind of where it's at. This group of islands here, or that I just flew over, is owned by India, and it's right under Myanmar, Myanmar, which Myanmar, Myanmar, which changed its name from Burma like ten years ago, I think. Anyway, these are the the islands that are populated. However, the North Sentinelese people live on this island right here, and it's pretty damn close to the the main island yeah yeah that's not far at all in fact if you have a big ass watchtower in the north sentinel island you could probably see the coast and there are fishermen that fish over there although a lot of them get ran off because those are protected waters this island and i was like looking at the 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 lack of or the the excess of trees if you go to like america is all like deforested and shit <laughs> and this is like untouched it's like a bush <laughs> like a woman's bush stop <laughs> i'm just saying i had a anyway this is uh the one island that's mapped out constance island constance island that is where some explorers tried to interact with the the natives here and up here is a very interesting site this is a boat a ship boat oh wow whoa and to give it's you amazing what you can see on google earth yeah i went through this whole island and then i realized that it was a 10 minute fucking google video and y'all wouldn't want to watch it <laughs> but i actually went through like inch by inch to try to find some People sort of life or, or something, something or any man-made things and you can't there's nothing there besides that besides that boat i showed you so this island right here yeah you see me kind of this island right here that that boat specifically had iron rails on it, uh, iron in it, so to speak. You know, the engine compartment, all that stuff. Thinking of that, that that boat had iron on it. You can tell how indigenous these people are because when that boat wrecked was the first time that the North Sentinelese people went into the Iron Age. They didn't have iron. They don't have iron there. There's no iron ore there. So they go into the Iron Age after a ship with iron... (laughs) it's pretty mind-blowing it is the reason they know that and by they i meant nat geo and those crews like that is because before the ship wrecked their arrows went from just wood from trees to iron tips (laughs) for their fucking arrows (laughs) kind of fucking crazy that's how indigenous these motherfuckers are yeah they're um (laughs) 
separated from the outside world. Very much. So that's what we're talking about tonight. We're going to dive pretty deep into it here in a second. Let me um, show you a picture of, let me see if I can find these guys. These are the Sentinelese, North Sentinelese people right here. This is what they look like. I, Fucking ripped, dude. This. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what, what they're. I mean, it looks like a, a gorgeous island, too. Yeah, because it's not inhabited by fucking people like us that rip all I the mean, trees look down. Look at the and... water. I want to send an Amazon package to here. <laughs> I wonder if they'll let me. This guy looks cool as fuck. I'd chill out with this guy. This dude. I bet you can buy some good reefer from this guy. <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm fucking stoned. I bet they well, have. He's like, it looks like he's <laughs> he's drinking a cocktail out of a uh, something on the thing. And look right. at this fucking bow. Yeah, and, that's I mean, a large bow. Not the bow, but uh, the bow the too. Arrow. But that fucking arrow, titties. Look at that. Holy shit. That makes my bow and arrow out in the backyard look like a little pussy. You know, I got this one, a bow and arrow that ain't nothing like that, man. I mean, this thing would fucking kill anything. That's intense. So this island, is that his wiener? Yes. Uh, You're like, keep zooming in. I'm like, can you stop (laughs) zooming in? I just want to see how, what he's working with. (laughs) Babe, can you stop? All right. Tonight we're talking about the... Take it off. <laughs> they said this island was unmolested. That's what it's called. <laughs> unmolested. <laughs> I really don't want to look at anyone's junk all episode. So okay, all right. Tonight, <laughs> just staring at me on my computer. <laughs> Fuck! I wish I was a look like that. Tonight we're talking about this guy right here. This is John Chow. This is his Instagram page. He's the American. He's actually, what nationality do you think he is? I mean, he's American, yeah, but I got to get this guy's penis off my computer. It's distracting me. Um, I mean, he's American, I'm assuming. Yeah, but he's not, he's not just a white guy. I mean, he's something. Chow, chow. Um, is he part Chinese? Yep, there you go. Part Chinese, part American. So that's John Chow's what we're talking about tonight. How did this guy end up? He's outdoorsy. Very outdoorsy, yeah. John Allen Chow, 26 years old. His IG account before this event happened went from 1,000 to now over 20,000 still. And this happened in 2018, so not too long ago. We're talking about the the man, the explorer, the Christian evangelist that traveled to an, a, an island which is inhabited by the North Sentinelese people who are untouched in society. They refuse all contact. They refuse to be part of the, the world economy and political system and and anything else. And because they refuse contact, they don't know about what everyone else is doing. They don't know that the world is big as it is. They have been existing on this little rock, 25 square mile island for thousands of years. They're hunter-gatherers. I'll put their photo on talkmore.com because there are pictures taken of the indigenous tribe. And there are about 100 of them from, from what? researchers think no one's ever been there and made it back the people are so primitive on this island that 
they they don't domesticate animals. There's no fishing traps and they don't garden. I shouldn't say they're primitive because they don't do that because they may choose not to do that. But from the common knowledge of what researchers think about this island and the island is protected by India, you can't go there. You can't even fish in the waters nearby. The the people there do not know how to create fire. They do not they do not uh, raise fish or raise any animals and they do not garden. They are hunter gatherers. And that makes me think of the Moana thing. I mean, they basically subsist off fish because how much how many animals can be running around a 25 square mile island? Not many. There's no way. And in fact, it's crazy reading the story. They have been killing turtles for thousands of years. So now the turtles won't even go to the island anymore. They stay wow. away from the island. So eventually, I think these guys would have to, I don't know, get with it or some shit. I mean, they can still, subs- like, fish is plentiful in those waters. Yeah, but I'm saying how so. for how long, though? Ever. Forever. Yeah. No. They wanted to. I know, but the way that the climate change is shifting everything and, and like, the turtle well, situation. the island that, may disappear from climate change, yes. Uh, yeah. rising sea levels. It's also very interesting to know that they they're really in touch with nature because when the hurricanes come through, they're from what the sky images and stuff show. They're completely fine. They know how to dig in. They they have show. They know when a hurricane is coming before, well before our advanced satellites and meteorologists with all these degrees know. What makes you say that? Because they can see them in sky images and they're prepared. They're prepared long before the hurricane gets there. And they do stuff like, like for instance, if a hurricane is coming, and I'm not an expert in this, but you can look it up. Birds will change their pattern of flight if a big storm is coming. Right. So the what I'm trying to say is they're so in touch with nature that they see stuff that other people, regular people like us, wouldn't notice. Like the wind changing or, or oh, there's a new school of fish that shouldn't be here. They should be, you know, 100 meters this way or whatever. They notice shit like that. This man wanted to go spread Christianity to these hundreds of people that don't speak any known language that, that we know of. So he pays a local fisherman 25,000 rupees. And this is the fisherman here. I'd take that money, too. I was like, dude, if you want to fucking go, then go, man. Whatever. So anyway, 25,000 rupees, that's about 350 USD. They would have to break the law in order to take John Chow to this island because the waters are protected and no one is allowed to go over there. So on November 14, 2018, John Chow gets into the boat and this boat right here and he sails off. Now, according to the fisherman, and this is probably not even accurate, but the fisherman said that he didn't tell them he wanted to swim to the island. And if he would have, they would have reconsidered. However, he did bring a foldable kayak with him and, quote, under the cover of darkness on November 14th, he gets out of the boat about a mile from the island and he kayaks to the island. On November 15th, he assembles the, that kayak. He heads ashore. He's forced to retreat. He's shot with an arrow. He's actually shot with an arrow. The arrow actually pierces his chest, but it pierces his chest pocket where he's holding a Bible. 
Of course, right? And if I think if it was anyone else, yes, that's a sign from God, but it's not a sign that you should go back. Try, maybe it's a try sign. Try and try again. No, maybe it's a sign that, hey, dude, this is your freebie, okay? Don't turn around. Turn around, okay? This is your freebie. But on November 16th, he goes back. And I'm not going to tell you what happens until the end of the episode because <laughs> I'm a fucking asshole. <laughs> Oh, shit. Anyway. <laughs> the North Sentinelese Island and those people were given that name, which they don't know that's their name. It's not like, oh, I'm an American or so-and-so is a Chinese person or whatever. Chinaman. Is that a derogatory word? Chinaman? I think so. Yeah. They don't They don't know that they're called the North Sentinelese. In fact, that name was given to them by a British surveying ship in 1771, which was five years before what? The Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Shit, took you forever. <laughs> I forgot that I'm the only person here to answer your questions. <laughs> Jen would have said something like, uh, I don't know, fucking Lincoln or something. <laughs> From common belief, if you don't believe in the obvious theory that we were just implants here from another planet, the other belief, if you will, the one that all the round earthers believe, is that these people arrived from migration from Africa about 50,000 years ago. So 50,000 years ago, and the common belief with evolution is, you know, we all started from Africa. The cradle of life. And then we spread out from there and go our separate ways. And then we come over the straight. Bering Strait. The Bering Strait. And that's how we, we as in Indians, which we slaughter <laughs> a couple hundred years later or whatever, you know, arrive in America. That is how it works. And so if everyone came from Africa 50,000 years ago, they go to the east and they ended up on this island. And instead of communicating with others, they decided to just dig in and not allow anyone to come visit them. They, they refuse all contact. I wonder if anyone's left the island. No, no, no one's left the island. And the reason I'm saying that is because they would know. It's, it's protected. It's protected pretty well by the, the Indian Air Force and the Indian Coast Guard and stuff like that. Not only is it protected because the Sentinelese people, but there's a there's large coral reef sections there that are also protected Got and it. other wildlife as well. So... And, and plus, if, if fishermen go over there, they're basically taking food out of the, those people's mouths. And there's an organization we're going to talk about later that, that actually does, it's called Survival, uh, Survival, something, Survival Lands or something? Survi Survival International. It's kind of crazy. If you go to the website, there are over one, what are you, you look like data from Star Trek. <laughs> data. <laughs> I could keep fixing my headband. I'm sorry. According to this nonprofit, Survival International, there are over 100 uncontacted tribes still. Fucking wow. crazy, man. We should go. I'm surprised at that number. We should go introduce them to the fucking TikTok. <laughs> See, how <laughs> <laughs> See how long it takes for them to get addicted. <laughs> Until their mind degrades. <laughs> Though they use fires, they are thought not to know how to make it, instead relying on keeping alive embers from lightning fires. They have, and actually, if you go, if you go onto the Google Earth right now, you can zoom in, and there's a couple spots where you see smoke. I noticed that. There, there are some opaque spots that you see smoke on that island. So they do have fire. They have a language that 
few have heard and none know, and apparently it is unintelligible even to native residents of nearby islands. Estimates vary, but it is likely that there's 90 to 100 inhabitants living at this point on the island. And that's from Survival International. And as I said, they mo- they monitor, that nonprofit monitors over 100 unmolested tribes. They call them unmolested. Because the tribes may have been contacted prior. You know, like this, this tribe has been contacted. So that you can't say uncontacted. You gotta say unmolested. Anyway. In 1974, Nat Geo went... To visit them, they took a helicopter and a an arrow was lodged into the film director's thigh. So they were like, you know what? We're good here. I think this is good. Peace. And, and you saw that fucking goddamn arrow. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, to get shot with that thing? No fucking way. Fuck, dude. I mean, that thing, good lord. Through the 1980s and 1990s, there was one man that did, and only one man, he had firsthand experience with it. He went over a decade trying to contact the North Sentinelese people. And he says, and he actually got closer than anyone else. He actually made contact, handshakes, stuff like that, bringing them gifts, yada, yada, yada. He says the following, that killing is not their first impulse and their aggression is mostly meant to communicate that they want to be left alone. Quote, they are not hostile people. They warn they don't kill people, including outsiders, he said. They only say, leave us alone. They make it amply clear that outsiders are not welcome in their habitat. One needs to understand that language, end quote. It's very important, and that's why no one should go there. There's also a very, very serious reason why you shouldn't visit that island. Do you want to guess what it is? I think I know. What? Disease and viruses. That island is untouched. The people have never been exposed to the things that humans everywhere else have. If we take a common cold, which they may have never had before, it could wipe out the entire tribe. Uh, You don't even talk about COVID. Holy shit. If someone went over, I mean, even someone went over there with a stuffy nose or some bacteria or something that they weren't used to, it would wipe them out. And no one knows what types of medicines they have. Medicines are only created from the surrounding plants and flora around the island. So they may not have the medicine needed to fight that shit anyway. So the the main reason you don't go over there is not because you don't want to get shot with a fucking arrow. It's because you don't want to wipe out an entire pro- you don't want to wipe out an entire population because then you would just be a fucking douche. <laughs> I mean, like what the fuck? I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> I mean, and Natasha makes a great, like, asks a great question. So why the hell did it even go there in the first place? Because like, this is widely known. Be- I mean, it makes sense. The don't you're like going to kill them with a handshake. If you type in North Sentinelese in Google, it just start like in the search box. Just start to type it in. And one of the searches is North Sentinelese COVID. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck types that? <laughs> They're all wearing face masks. There. I know. Someone, you know, like, there's someone out there who's like, you know, who's not getting COVID? The North Central Lees, because, the, blah, 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 like, there's, there. <sighs> all right. I hate humans. Do you guys like this? It? Pretty interesting, isn't it? It is fascinating. And I they're, mean, they're not, they're not vicious people. <sighs> they they only do that shit to get you to, to say, fuck leave out. me the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't blame them. 
But it's like, it seems just so like, what would possess someone to think this was a good idea? Why would some a group of people who don't speak any language known to anyone else in the world think, yeah, this sounds, yeah, let, let before teaching them anything modern, like, let me te- tell them about this guy named Jesus. And he was pretty cool. I'm going to tell you why right now. In the book of Matthew, the resurrected Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That passage is known as the Great Commission. And if you're a Christian fundamentalist like John Chow is, you take that shit seriously. It's like those snake charmers in Texas. You know that... Do you know that? The, the snake church? They like handle snakes because that's what they teach in the Bible. It's like a real fucking thing. And like all those. No. You remember that church? The the, the one, the uh, gay phobia church? Uh-huh. They do that because that's what the Bible says. I mean, even. The Westboro. The, we don't fucking Baptist. believe in that now, but you know what I'm saying. <sighs> 5,000 years ago when this was, uh, the Bible was plagiarized. I meant written. <laughs> So that is known as the Great Commission. But the Great Commission says that you have to go to all nations. And in fact, we're going to talk about the organization that he was working with, which is called All Nations. <laughs> so, okay. so is he journaling this, what's, go- what's happening? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And in fact, I posted it in the Discord. If anyone that's listening right now in the live chat wants to go to the Discord and under the docs and files and all that shit, the police reports and stuff... I put the journal, it's a five-pager journal. If you, if someone can translate that from his scribble handwriting and put it in some, some sort of text, because I wanted you to read that. It's basically a suicide note. It, his, it is written after he was shot from the arrow. He goes back and he journals what happened, and then he goes back. So if someone wants to go on that Discord, I posted it there, it's really hard to read. But someone with terrible handwriting may be able to, to read it. I mean, I don't have great handwriting either. But, th- but then again, he was on a fucking foldable kayak with a fucking arrow sticking out of his chest. Yeah, if someone can do that, that'd be great. Because I wanted you to read that whole fucking thing. But I don't even know how to freaking translate it. It was hard to find, number one. It was really fucking hard to find. Do you want me to, to try to read it? Yeah, it's bad. Like, Let me show you one page of it right quick. This is one page. This is what you'd have to be reading. So guys, if you can translate this, then if, if you can read this good enough, then go and translate it for us. I would love you forever. Because this oh, is boy, this yeah. is his his suicide note, basically. And there's five pages of these. I can read some sentences, but man, can his, you can you zoom in? I can try. I mean, his handwriting is just fucking terrible. I can see some of it. A little bit more about people that have tried to go over there before John Chow in 2006. Two Indian fishermen were poaching. Remember I said they're protected waters. Their boat drifted ashore and they they were killed. Another nearby fisherman actually saw two axe, quote, two axe wielding warriors take the men and bury them both on sh- in shallow graves on the beach. The Indian Coast Guard investigated it, you know, basically they wanted to recover the bodies. They pulled their ship up to get the bodies. They were also shot with arrows. Their boat was littered with arrows, so they had to bail. 
those two fishermen are still there. That boat that I showed you, or those were the that two fishermen. Yeah. yeah, that was the two fishermen in that boat that I showed you earlier. And I'll put that on talkmore.com. Anyway, this is John Chow right here. I'm going to kind of read what he says about on his Instagram. Quote, kayaking the tropics is the this endless summer. Adventure awaits. So do leeches. And his hashtags were Sodio Gloria, which translates to glory to God alone. A little bit about this guy. Youth soccer coach grew up in Vancouver in Washington State. Youngest of three children. American mother, which is a lawyer. American or Chinese father who is a psychiatrist, which I cannot figure out how he cannot convince his son not to go through with this. His hometown is in Seattle. He was a former AmeriCorps volunteer, certified wilderness EMT, avid outdoorsman. He was a quote unquote missionary, but reading through his profile and his Instagram pages, you don't really see much missionary work. You just see more selfies. It's more of him being an adventure bro. And of course, we don't want to talk about anybody who's deceased or because they can't explain themselves or whatever. I don't want to do it on that way. But the question I want to know is traveling to this island, was it for missionary purposes or was it to gain more social validation and be like that guy that spread Christianity? To, you know? Well, I think, you know, even if he wasn't sent there like for a specific, I think there was something too like, wow, no one's done this before. Well, yeah. And, and that, that post that, uh, that Bible verse that I, yeah. that I showed you. All nations. Well, fuck. You still got one that is out there. Yeah. Is that what God's thinking now? I said all nations, yo. What the fuck? What's, what's this shit? You know? What's this shit? They don't know who I am. All nations. Not all nations except the North Sentinelese. You know what I'm saying? His Instagram bio reads, following the way, which also means following the way of Jesus is what that that means. I'm going to go to the blog of his and I'm going to show you guys right now. Just kind of going through it real quick so you guys can see his his blog. So this is all the pictures he's posting. It's not really much on missionary stuff. It, it's I more, mean, beautiful nature photos. Yeah, wow. yeah. Yeah, but it's more of a he's an adventureman than a missionary. Right, right. Mi- being a missionary nowadays has actually skyrocketed there there are more missionaries now than there have ever been in in every religion and that's because small churches now can fund travel expenses better and they're sending more people out there so this is one and this is not the only guy that wanted to go to the north sentinel island to spread christianity trust me on that shit natasha asked an interesting question did he have some sort of like mental illness or even maybe a narcissistic complex where he thought that like this was important for him to do i think I think most people would say he was narcissistic but i mean man honestly these fundamentalist christians like i'm not talking about regular christians but real fundamentalists i mean you would think they all have some sort of psych problem i don't know i mean to to do all right number one I'm going to show you guys that he he actually didn't just do this in a whim. He actually was preparing for this since he was a kid. Okay, like since, going to the North Central East. Yes, I mean. yes. Since he was a teenager, he has been preparing to do this. And the months leading up, I'm going to show you, he actually physically prepared to do this. And he knew everything about the island. So does he have a mental disorder? I don't think so. But it is crazy to to think that you can spread Christianity or anything, any message, if you can't even communicate. I, I honestly, here's what I think, and this might sound crazy, but this is what I really think that he thought. 
He thought that he was going to get to the island, and I'm not being funny, I think this is what it is, knowing that he doesn't speak the language and that God would bridge the gap somehow, you know, and all of a sudden he'd be speaking that language. Because how else are you going to spread a message if you can't even talk to someone? And I do think he is sort of narcissistic, honestly, because he, I mean, he has a lot of selfie photos and stuff like that. Which uh, but I can't, I, I don't, well, I, I think everyone has a bit of a narcissistic complex if they, like, in. I, I think that's a generational yeah. thing with where we are with social media. But so, I know I do. But. I, so I don't think he's like... I think he's got as much of a narcissist complex as every person in their 20s on Instagram. You know what I mean? Or in TikTok. Like, yeah. you, you know, for in terms of that, the fundamental Christian thing and thinking this was a good idea adds certainly another layer. Yeah. And I, I went pretty deep in this case. So check this out. This is crazy, too. This is a, an interview. Explore Spotlight. What's on the top of your must-do adventure list right now? He says the following. Going back to the Andaman and Nicobar Islands in India is on the top. There's so much to see and do there. This means that he has been around those islands a lot. In a lot of his photos, he's around those islands. He says going back is the top thing for him to do right now. And last but not least, what's your personal motto? Motto. motto, (laughs) And last but not least, what's your personal motto? Make the most of every good opportunity today because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, see, I think he did know what was going to happen. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go through this real quick. Let's talk about him in high school. You guys asked if he had a mental disorder, maybe. I don't know. But since he was a little kid, look up to this man right here. This is Bruce Olson. And this this will explain a lot. Olson had also contacted a tribe called the Multilones, M-O-T-I-L-O-N-E, Multilone, Multilone. Before they were non-religious, he was contacted, he was shot with an arrow, he didn't give up, he went back, now this is a long time ago, obviously, he went back and kept going back, and now look at him, he's holding their babies. This is one of the the people he's looked up to, John Chow has looked up to this guy since he was a a little boy. It is estimated now that these people, and it's a pretty large, large um, tribe, 70% are now Christian because of this man. That is a powerful influence on young John Chow. He wants to, I mean, he's looked... Like, this is his model. Like, you ask him, who do you look up to? Is this guy? Who the fuck? I mean, Bruce Olsen? Who the fuck is that? Like, I don't know. I would never know that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. Shit. So, um, if he's looking but up... that makes sense. If he's looking up to this guy when he was a kid, he ain't got a chance, man. Well, when it comes to yeah. this particular... Yeah. He learned about the North Sentinel Islands when he was a child. All right. Back to John Chow. He attended Oral Roberts University, which is a Christian university. He did go to Christian high school. One friend said, quote, having a conversation with John was like having a conversation with someone who reached out their hand and put it on your heart to feel the way it beats, said a college friend. When he looked at me, it was like someone really saw me, like I could take off any mask of who I pretended to be. I'm just going to be completely honest. These quotes, so a lot of Christians live in a, a bubble, like everything's rainbows and you just got to accept and you know what I'm saying? The world's a lot darker than what they think. And I guess that's a good thing. I mean, I would rather have an optimistic view that everyone is fundamentally good than yeah. evil. You yeah. Yeah. I get, yeah. 
But shit, man, I fought a war where they're freaking same shit, like, you know, trying to spread their religion. It's like, what makes yours different? There's so many religions. How do you know yours is right? The fucking Mormons is the only one that has it right. Quote, Chow was really chilled down to earth kind of guy. What you see is what you get. Uh, let me see. Do-do-do. I guess I would say he's a t- calculated risk taker. He was a good planner, says one of his friends. And he was. Now, this is where it gets interesting. This organization that he was with called All Nations, A-L-L Nations, they have since denied every facet of this case and this death. They say things like they'd had no idea he was going to do this. Why would he do this? But the organization is called All Nations, which is the same as the Bible verse in Matthew. That is the the purpose of this organization. To spread the word of. Yeah, this is from the New York Times about this John Chow. It says, just months before undertaking the most forbidding journey in his life as a young missionary to a remote Indian Ocean island, John Allen Chow was blindfolded and dropped off on a dirt road in a remote part of Kansas. After a long walk, he found a mock village in the woods inhabited by missionaries dressed in odd thrift store clothes, pretending not to understand a word he said. His role was to preach the gospel. The others were supposed to be physically aggressive. Some came at him with fake spears, speaking gibberish. It was part of an intensive and somewhat secretive three-week missionary training camp. Mary Ho, the international executive leader for all nations, the organization that ran the training, said, quote, John was one of the best participants in this experience that we have ever had, end quote. You fucking trained the guy to do it. Yeah, he wanted to do it. And he was <laughs> he was the most promising, too. Like, that's interesting. It's funny, because like, if, if you look at the All Nations now, they're like, ah, fuck, yeah, no, I goddamn dare. Holy shit, why would he do that? What a fucking idiot. Like, we, we have no responsibility, which, you know, at the end of the day, it was his choice. Yeah. He'd, been, he'd been wanting to do it forever. You can't really blame the choice. guy. I mean, can't really blame him. Anyway, it was his obsession since high school. The Joshua Project, which is a big Christian organization, taught him that the North Sentinel people were the most isolated in the world. He, according to one friend, would pull up Google Maps. And this is when he was a teenager in high school. He would pull up Google Maps and point to a green speck and a place no one had ever heard of. The Andaman Islands, far off the coast of India. And tell his friends with a buoyant smile, I'm going there. This was when he was a child. He has no, I mean, he's done. You know what I'm saying? From it's the, his dream. <laughs> it's his dream, but. The su- I don't know. It's, it's, it's not a good dream, maybe, but. That's why it's more of a suicide mission. Uh. It, the, the note reads like a suicide note from what I can read it. I, I'm going to post on talkmore.com so everyone can see it, but. It, it is written at the time when, and, and it's written, it's signed off by John saying like, you know, tell my family I love them. And Alex translated the, some of the end of, of it for us here. You want me to read it? Yeah, yeah, read it. Um, at the end of the note, he says, you guys might think I'm crazy and all 
this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to their people. Please do not be angry at them or God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you to. I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. Awesome. Dude, Alex, freaking thanks, man. That yeah. that really explains a lot. Yeah. And dude, think about it. That note that you translate, he he wrote that after almost dying on a foldable kayak in the middle of the fucking Indian Ocean. Pretty ballsy, man. He writes a five-page letter and he says, I mean, he knows he's about to die. I mean, what's the alternative? Like he's not he knows he's going to die. There's no way. I mean, it's a, like he could have started kayaking back instead of riding to the main island or something. Like he may not have died, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was he shot through the heart the second time? One of his friends, uh, John Ramsey, said, quote, my folks tried to talk him out of it. He said it was what he felt called to do. And he was pretty made up in his mind already. So it didn't seem like persuasion would do a lot of good anyway. So as I said, he trained for it. Months go by before he goes. Exercise routines, selective diets. He packed his, quote, initial contact response kit with dental forceps which are those big old claws you see at the dentist specifically to remove arrows from his own body if that ain't fucking training for it i don't know what the fuck is you know what i'm saying that's I mean, like he was as prepared as probably anyone could be oh yeah oh there's no fucking doubt but you're i mean there's no doubt that's what i'm saying is it fucking foolish or i i mean it is but I'm you, saying, like, the the mission, the, to think that you could do and overcome that, I don't know if anyone ever could. But if there was anyone that could, he sounds like he was incredibly prepared and motivated to, yes. to do it. Yeah. If anyone could have. Yeah, exactly. And so while it may have been, like, kind I, 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 like stupidity is harsh, and I'm not trying to, like, make fun of him yeah. or anything like that. But um, for what it's worth, if there was anyone that could do it, I guess he, it, it would have been him. But the question is, why? I do know, it. I you know. know what I'm saying? And I mean, you can answer that. It's obviously religious fervor. All the other things that he was doing, like he was in AmeriCorps, he was like other doing other type of mission work, which like they do aside from spreading religious thing, like you can do other great things to help communities like those could be really good good things and good contributions to the world that he that he could have made had he not died so young so that's a that is a bummer yeah and as alex said on live chat he is very ambitious but i don't think his mission was very i mean didn't make sense maybe yeah he actually took a uh, a language class too even though it wouldn't help but he spent months taking a language class before this happened so he definitely he tried i mean he he gave it his all so let me go back to the date. So what I say, November 16th, he got shot. He goes back and he writes that uh, suicide note or whatever you want to call it on that on the five pages that Alex translated for us a little bit ago. And on November, on November 17th, that same fisherman saw him, quote, there were some uh, warriors with some spears, quote, dragging his apparently dead body along the beach. So he was killed and he is still at the beach, just like John Jones in the Nutty Putty. He's still there. Wow. And he'll always be there on the beach there. And wow. so that's, I mean, the family, his family said um, he loved God, life, helping those in need and had nothing but love for the Sentinelese people. However, many people, including a lot of Christians, think that 
calling him a martyr is not the right terminology. They see it as, and one one reporter said it's a, quote, arrogant act of neocolonialism. Ooh. Yeah, that's fucking harsh. (laughs) But uh, one friend that John Ramsey that said earlier, our dear friend John was martyred on the Andaman Islands, killed by bow and arrow. Still can't believe you were taken. It's a comfort to know you're with the Lord, but we'll miss you. That post got a lot of comments on Instagram. 800 comments. Most of them asked a martyr. One commenter said, a martyr? You mean an asshole who endangered people? Another one said, martyr? You mean an arrogant, self-centered, naive, deluded. The list of adjectives that could be attributed to this guy are endless and none of them complimentary. Trying to promote a false god to an ancient tribe and he gets killed. The irony of it. I mean, they they ain't wrong. I feel bad saying that about someone who died. But in the end, like it poses a serious health risk to those people on that island. Yeah, and he had to know that. I would assume so. This guy went through EMT school. Right. And he's a smart guy, but I don't know. I mean, but I think it's, oh yeah, I could possibly introduce a new bacteria, but God wouldn't let that happen. God wouldn't kill those people. And if God does kill those people, then that was God's plan. Those are those type of people. The like Chris Watts type of (sighs) fundamentalist, where it's just like, I'm Christian now. I'm so... And God forgives me for murdering my family. And shoving them down an oil vat. Yes, you're forgiven by God. You fucking shithead. Anyway... The lady from Survival International, the one that monitors the tribes, quote, they must be terrified and they clearly tried to warn him off twice and he still came back. So you can't say they didn't warn him. They fucking shot him with an arrow and they actually had... I did read one report where they they had some makeshift rafts and they chased them off with the kind of the raft. They didn't kill them. They could have easily, but it's like, all right, he's gone. Oh, he's back. We'll fucking kill him. Like that's it. Like we we warned him anyway. His mission failed after another landing on North Sentinel in mid-November wearing only black underpants. He was wearing what, what we call in the military ranger panties. They're little black. They're short li- shorts. With the, they're very short shorts. They show like, I mean, they, they're very short, but they're not underwear. They're just uh, workout shorts, but they're very tiny. So that's what he was wearing. He was wearing these black underpants so he could make the islanders feel more comfortable. He then struggled to communicate. The islanders were aggressive, as they have been to everyone else who tried to make contact with them. They shouted at him. They shot arrows. Then they killed him. Quote, he was caught up in a dangerous set of ideologies that helped drive him to do something so unwise. Now, this is from uh, Caleb Graves, a student pastor in Arkansas who befriended Mr. Chow at a linguistics institute last year that he took specifically for this. So you take a language, you know, I mean, I guess it would help a little bit. From this pastor, he says, quote, he should have known better. So one article that I, I read is titled the following, 
And this is from a, an India newspaper about a fundamentalist, I guess uh, Indians are a Buddhist. Fundamentalist. I think it depends on where geographically. Oh, fundamentalist religious person in uh, India wrote a great little document, little uh, blog post about it. The title was, I was raised in a missionary family, but only have disgust and anger for Chow's actions in the Adamans. Mm, wow. He's dead, man. I, I mean, there, and there, there's no video. There's nothing, man. But that that document that I shared is is pretty hard to find. It's pretty hard to find the whole thing. So if someone can translate it. I'll get you to read it and put it in the podcast because yeah. I'm telling you, it's it's and I'm going to go try to read it later, but it just hurt my eyes. But you got to you got to remember, he's like floating in the Indian Ocean on an inflatable or a foldable kayak, which I didn't even know was a thing. What does that even look like? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, fuck, man, that was it. What do you guys think of that shit? Fucking crazy as shit. That was pretty wild. Which one was better, that or the cave? <laughs> Did they cave your heart in? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, I guess that's it, guys. Thanks for listening to the Talk Murmy podcast. My name is John. I'm here with Nicole. And next week, Jen will be back. So we'll get back to a regular schedule, hopefully. And until then, until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs>